0: Dan.
1: Hey, pal. What's up?
0: Oh, uh, nothing. I'm kind of a tizzy.
1: <laughs> what are you? What are you doing?
0: It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. I'm just <laughs> got a couple things going on right now. Okay. Going to be fine. All right. Okay. I'm. Hmm. Heck.
1: Come... Sounds like a How hairdryer,
0: to... or a vacuum cleaner, or something. Yes. Yes. Um. <clears throat> That's the sound of my um water heatinator. I'm making a coffee. I I, oh. I apologize. I ran. You know. You know me. I'm usually on time.
1: You're always on time. I'm the one that's yeah. late.
0: No, don't say that. So I'm just making a coffee. So 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 uh, keep I'm I'm kind of a tizzy. I had to do some last minute stuff.
1: Like what? Jury duty uh, again?
0: Mm, mm. Mm. I had to um I, I I had to redo a couple uh, ad spots for something um. and uh, and I am changing my productivity system. <laughs> so it's been a big morning.
1: What what is the system being changed from and to?
0: Well, I was listening <laughs> to the podcast cortex this morning can you hear me yes am i coming through very well i was listening to the podcast cortex this morning and they were talking about a program called todoist yes and this is a program i had looked at in a while it turns out i opened it up and i had a task in there uh from three thousand five hundred days ago (laughs) really yeah well you know it offered me the opportunity to reschedule it oh well that's
1: it might be time
0: to think about doing that (laughs) yeah i'm I am truly a to do ist so um I'm just moving some tasks right now i'm stirring the espresso in the aeropress. this will just be real quick okay how's your morning or your afternoon how's good. your day
1: yeah it's been good been pretty pretty productive with a different a different system but
0: what's your system
1: to not to not use a a to do list thing at all just to try to remember hard at the end of the day what i'm going to do the next day no kidding and if I feel like I've forgotten it, then it wasn't meant to be done.
0: Mm, mm, I'm so close, Dan. I swear to God, I'm really, really close. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I'm i pushing. I'm just pushing on my press. We'll just take a second. All right. You're going to cut all this out, right?
1: Yes. This. Well, this whole show will never air.
0: That seems reasonable. Um, <laughs> I wish I could do that, uh, but I drop a lot of bits if I do that. But the to Doist has come a long way. I'm almost done pushing, Dan. It'll just be another second. Sure. Mm, I haven't made a coffee on air in a while.
1: I don't know if you've ever made one on this show. I know you've done the the uh the seltzer.
0: Oh yeah, I used to push a tonks yeah. sometimes. Okay. Yeah, I think this is good enough. This is um, that's close enough. I'm um, Okay.
1: This is in your personal private office.
0: My private office? I'm, I have to be honest with you, I'm in a bit of a tizzy. Um I usually bring more care to my uh to my AeroPress. Yeah. But, you know, we're on the clock. Time to lean. Time to clean. Uh, it's funny. It's funny. I, I'm guessing I must have looked at this app back when I was Merlin Man okay. because that would be over almost just just about ten years ago. And uh, this is a really neat app. I could see I could see why a lot of people like it. It's uh, have you, have you ever looked at it?
1: I have. Yeah, a while ago. It has been a very very long time. I think we, I'm trying to remember if it was one we talked about on the show or not. To doist. I'm typing, I'm clicking.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just noodling around with yeah, it. Yeah, you you oh. did,
1: you did. Yeah. You did. December fifth, two thousand four of a different program. What? Oh. So we never have Oh no.
0: Wait, two thousand four. No, two
1: thousand four, episode one thirty nine of homework. Uh with Dave Callow. What? He talked about it. So that wasn't us. Oh,
0: oh, 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 oh. Okay, I was going to say.
1: Yeah, no, not us.
0: He was doing that show in 2004? Yeah. Jimmy Christmas. Yeah, they did a couple hundred episodes of that thing. Wowie kazowie. Anyway, I'm mostly just noodling with it, but um, it is, there's lots of interesting things about it. Uh, a couple, couple things just that sort of key in with our nerdy recent, or my uh, recent nerdy topics. You can dictate into it or type into it, and it has Fantastical like mm, abilities. I love that natural language language.ify I love It, love it. And you can also—it's a little bit of a hack—but you can use it with Alexa. So you can use it with the Amazon VoiceTube product. <laughs> yes, and uh, and that works. You can have it. You can do a if with with your reminders list so that when you add something to Alexa, it pushes it over. Anyway, I, you know, I'm not married to anybody right now, productivity wise, but it's, it's just, it is a, it's a very interesting app. And I, you know, I really, I still really like task paper for the ability to just kind of lay in bed and type on the iPad. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So you're just you just you just going commando. You're not doing anything.
1: Yeah, there was a long time that I had a pretty good regimen of, you know, what I think for a while I was using Wonderlist. I think I've talked about that with you before. Uh, yeah. That I had it on my phone, I had it on my iPad, I had it on my computer, and then it always synced everything up in a very nice way. And there was a time when you were really gung ho about the reminder stuff when we were talking about a lot about Siri and integration mm-hmm. into lives and things like that. And I tried that for a while too. And I still use reminders a lot for the things that I need to remember to do uh, every single day or at certain times a day that super critical. But as far as like, you know, if it's work related or project related, I'm still using Trello for everything like for fireside related stuff. That's all they were, in. They Trello. were talking
0: about that on Cortex. They use that heavily at uh, at Relay, and it sounds like so. It's very repeatable, right? You could say ugh, it's an overused word, but in the true sense of the word, here's a workflow for getting a new sponsor, right? And you could like reuse that, right? Uh, Yeah, I think you can.
1: That's not how I've ever, so I'd be interested in learning about that. But the the way that I've always used Trello, they have these, the concept of boards and you have these sort of stacks of, for lack of a better term, stacks of cards on your board. And That's you can, exactly what they are.
0: They're cards. Yeah,
1: and you can create as many as you want, and you can move them from one to another. So I'm looking at I'm looking at mine right now uh, for for Fireside, and because I have people who, of course, help me with it. So it's it's collaborative. But we've got one uh, called Inbox. We've one called Done. We have new features, bugs, documentation in progress. Uh, and, uh, and then we have one for, uh, something called Rollbar, which is software that sort of monitors your app and catches an error and then reports that error via email and you can click it and see what caused the error, really useful things like that. And wow. those kind of become an item in, uh, in, in Trello that we manually put in there. But we've also got this hooked up to Slack so that if I add or remove or move something around in trello it there'll be a little notification in one of the slack channels that we use too so that's kind of cool so like anything that has to do with working on features or fixing bugs or anything like that in the context of fireside i'll I'll do that like on the fireside trello board and that's very useful because you can also assign cards to different people or bring bring other people into them and do little conversations and and things like that and then i've got the uh and that's more for like Stuff we want to do, you know, things Mm. big, bigger picture things. So, um, you know, like, like we'll put something there that might become that might evolve into a feature. I have, uh, I use GitHub issues for. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say, does that does that replace a bug tracker for you, or does it augment it?
1: It augments it for sure because I'm still. I actually have um, our true bug tracker, if you will is Zendesk. We use Zendesk for that. And, uh, And that's a paid application that integrates with your website or application or whatever. So if somebody's like in Fireside and they did something and there's a problem and they want to report the problem, they would fill out a ticket and it would you know, depending on the severity of the ticket and all that, it would notify me or I'll get it in an email or whatever, and I'll be able to respond to them there. And that's not so much like, hey, I thought of something that's a cool feature that I want you to do. It's more like I there I'm getting an error message or I want Mm -hmm. to do this and I can't figure out how, please help me. That's very much a ticket help help ticket kind of a system. Whereas GitHub issues, we kind of use that as a place to for people to go to more brainstorm what they want and they can talk amongst themselves and with me in one place. And then I can say, okay, and I'll, I'll, I'll label it, you know, yes, we will be doing this or or attach it to a, a code milestone and things like that. And then in turn, generally I will take those and they'll, I'll sort of migrate them to Trello. Once the discussion has kind of been completed on GitHub and like, okay, this is what we're doing let's move it to trello and that's where we'll actually start working from to to make it into a, a real feature
0: that's cool so but you do it have to it feels a like too of, much
1: merlin it feels like too much mm-hmm. but this is the best way i've been able to figure it out
0: uh, yeah it might be too much and that the too muchness gets to my it's not a big deal but it's just kind of a niggling little thing with me which is um i don't know i think i think one cornerstone of organization is once you've gotten rid of the stuff that you don't need, you have a clear sense of the stuff that you need and where it belongs. And eventually you get to a point, I know this sounds obvious, but I think this is it's important to clarify how this is different from, you know, other kinds of masturbatory office work. <laughs> but a really, really good organization is getting to a point where you have the things that you need where they need to be. And you don't have to think about getting them and you don't have to think about putting them back or placing them. Right. That, I mean, that sounds so obvious, but like, well, okay. So then, is it organized for me to have a notebook and text files and task paper and OmniFocus right. and the things that I pick up from Slack and all these different things? And is that a problem, a non problem? I don't know. But I do get this niggling feeling sometimes of like, oh, I need, like, what do I need to do today? I need to buy new toothbrush heads for our Sonicare toothbrushes. So, like, where does that go? And, like, hmm. And as soon as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wait a minute. If I have to think about where that goes, I mean, where it really goes is I put it on the, I order it. (laughs) That's the easiest way. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if you've got something that's sort of this, um, you know, sort of transient thing that you've got to do, sort of passing through your mind, like, where does it go? If you have to think about that for more than a couple seconds, you're probably not being that organized, right? You're getting too many boxes or buckets to put stuff in. That's part of my thing. When I think about how I use Omnifocus, which which I still really like and I recommend for people who need large management systems, I, I sometimes think about um, like I'm super tidy about omnifocus in the sense that I very very no less than once a week, I basically purge and back up the archive old tasks just to keep things fast. But I, I you know I kind of almost wish I had them all in there in one place because it would be really illuminating to see. Especially graphically, it would be neat to see like uh, tasks that you completed were members of this context or this project, and here's a pie graph. Because you know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? Like if like assuming I've got sixty projects, my gut is that most of my completed tasks were on one of like four projects. Right, right, right. And the context? Well, I'm guessing there was two or three that got used a lot. And a couple more that got used weekly, and then, and really honestly, all the way down to the long tail of ones that I entered in in 2008 and haven't used since. <laughs> now, with that said, I did—I think I mentioned this—I don't know, probably a year ago—I did go into OmniFocus and just clean out a ton of like old weeds, just taking out contexts that were too specific, taking out projects that you know were dead or old. This is not not a review in the usual GTD sense, but more just housekeeping and I just figured like well how about you go and delete almost every project and then rather than saying like oh I need the convenience of finding a pro no like if you need a project make a new project does that really need to be nested in a folder for some people absolutely and I'm glad that power is there but honestly for me the last few months or year so much of what I do has just been in task paper um, but I am and I love the lightness of task paper task paper is just a text file like like I've said so many times and it can be. Forgive it them. can be whatever you want it to be. Almost it can be. And like, forgive me for like who I will inevitably offend or cause to write an email. But it is a lot like you know, markdown is something we use to format text that could become HTML. I think of task paper as a way of formatting tasks with like the simplest possible uh, structure. So really, it's it's I don't know. Python meets markdown. Mm, I don't know mm. because indents mean things. And you know, a dash is a task. A line that ends with a colon is a project. And then the things under that are child tasks. And it's it's just ridiculously simple. I love that. I love that to use. Yeah, because that's it's not so different from you know the kind of old classic. It's, I think it's very much based on the sort of to do.txt idea of like how to manage your stuff. And, and while that works okay, I do find myself increasingly craving the ability to talk into a tube and have it go to the right place. So, I don't know. I'm mostly just messing around. I figure as long as I'm tearing down all the load-bearing walls, though, I might as well, or at least experimenting with tearing down a few load-bearing walls. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than trying to go replicate some system, it makes sense to start really organically, you know? Kind of like when you move into a house, they always say when you move, at least the old conventional wisdom used to be, there's a box that should be the first one off the truck. And that's going to be a box with stuff you are guaranteed 100%, pretty much to need no matter what. Like, you know, maybe a couple like, you know, um, carpet cutter knives, some, uh, some, you might need more packing tape. You're going to want Sharpies. You're going to want coffee maybe, but like there's this one box, which is like sort of the equivalent of like putting Dropbox on your new computer. Like this is something you're definitely going to need. And then one, one thought is that just, just take out stuff when you move as you need it and see where you are in a week see where you are in a month and see whether there's stuff that you really still need. Again, not so different from how you set up a new Mac. Right. I'm intrigued by that. I like the idea of, of saying, hmm, well, here's these like 14 things I wrote down in task paper this morning. I'm just going to go dump those all into do, into Todoist. And, and this is a tip. You can, you can decide whether you like this or not. My, my tip would be when you look at a new task manager to do app productivity system and feel free to disagree with me. Um, it's a lot like starting a wiki. Back in the day when we used to have our own wikis. As long as you can, put everything on one page until you need to have a second page. Don't get caught up in the taxonomy of your wiki until you need to. And in my case, I'm going to go just dump until I've got 50 or 60 tasks. I'm just going to put everything into this one inbox and see what happens and see what patterns emerge. Right? See see where to build the sidewalks based on where the grass gets beaten down rather than my big civic plan. So it's a whole new world for me and I'm in kind of a tizzy. (laughs) Also, I had to redo an ad. I heard I heard about that. It's hard because you know, I try to I you know, sometimes the writing's not always No, that you good have sometimes. to yes, you have to rewrite it. Sometimes sometimes it really sounds like it was a committee that didn't know they were a committee that wrote it. And then you got to make it sound like something people would want to listen to. Yes. You know?
1: Yes. I, and I, I do. Uh,
0: and then I, I lose track of the fact that now no, it's no now it's 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 ten percent off with the offer code biscuits instead of a free pair of beer bottles and like and you're like mm, oh, I did, I missed that part and I had to redo it. So I'm in a little bit of a tizzy. No, you have to redo it. You gotta redo it. You gotta please the sponsor, you gotta keep the customer satisfied, as yeah, Paul Simon no, says. Of course. Yeah. Well, man has to redo his ad spots, he keeps getting the spot wrong. Oh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that would be well, from the the Graceland time period. That's that would be from the Graceland period. <laughs> Off code, off code, off codes everywhere. <laughs> Use a special off code, Hamilton, for ten percent off. ah hmm So it's been a big week. Yeah. Um, how you doing? How's your sleep?
1: Uh, you know, it's pretty good. Pretty good. You know, there's ups and there's downs and there's mm. uh, in betweens. I hear that. Yeah.
0: I apparently I snore, and I've been trying like to an apnea or this. just a snoring. I don't know. I I knew, was made aware by waking to being kicked many times that I was snoring when I sleep on my back. So I started trying to make myself sleep like face down. <laughs> Apparently I'm snoring that way too. Oh no. Yeah, because there, used- was, there
1: was a problem with you sleeping face down because of your, your the boot you need to wear now. <laughs>
0: my, right, my corrective boot. Yeah. yeah that I definitely wear. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. They used to say, uh, sew a marble into the back of your pajamas, they used to say. Do it. That's what they would say. Well, I don't wear pajamas don't own any marbles. My daughter sews, but I don't know if that would even help. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what part of my body to put a marble on at this point. I
1: would think the smaller your back, center, center of your back, or lower back.
0: I'm thinking like a racquetball ball under my neck. <laughs> just tape it, like a, tape it on. I just a, <laughs> attach a cricket bat to my corrective boot. Yeah. I could have some lavender that squirts in my face occasionally. Some kind of Rube Goldberg thing, like a set of large spatula robot hands that just flips me over every once in a while. See, that's right. You're waking your partner. <laughs> Let the robot kick you. Yeah, she's got a she's got a life. she not have time to deal with. That oh my shit. god. Anyways, uh, it's been a big week. Oh god, I have I have the my to do list is so silly. Prep for back to work. Pick a clockwise topic. Do titles and notes for reconcilable differences. <laughs> Play with to doist. These are all daughter. good
1: things. I think these are good things.
0: I got to watch Les Mis for my work. I'm going to sous vide dinner. I got to tune my Sonos, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. You ever tune your Sonos? They're very loud when you I tune don't have your Sonos. One. Sonos, well, you can tune it, and you, it's really very, very funny, and it makes your family laugh at you because you tell Sonos, I want to tune the Sonos. And it says, okay, now watch this video about how to walk around your room waving your phone up and down like you're trying to do Wingardium Leviosa and it makes this very just short of deafening noise for like 90 seconds and so it, it identifies like how your room should sound and everybody hates it so I try to do it when no one is home yeah. including our neighbors Yeah, a dependency. it's that loud? it's loud enough that you would go why is someone making that noise so loud and for so long I try to be a good neighbor gotta find my Apple Pencil that's on the list it's been a big week I we got a few things oh you know one thing we have to address what one thing we need to address Um, this is from uh, via twitter listener Nick uh oh listener Nick writes to say I am now getting multiple emails from Alice about having Jordan on several of my clients shows there you go pound sign uh, hashtag no harm no foul right right (laughs) I love that hashtag Alice is getting out there, man. She is she is penetrating the media. It really is. No, no follow up since last time. So I think Alice might have given us given up on us for now.
1: Somebody emailed me and they said I'm just following back to find out if you'd like to be. And I wrote them back. I said no. I said I would not like to have such and such a person on the show. And I don't. I would also not like for you to never contact me again.
0: Yeah. Did and, you get uh, a response? No. Which is? I said, this said your listening. call is very important to us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It seems like things yeah. have slowed down in that regard just a little bit.
0: It just, it always, this stuff, I know that this has got to be a cognitive bias. It's got to be some kind of bias that it, things like the, these nuisances feel like they come in waves. I know that's very unlikely and irrational, but whether it's the nuisance phone calls or whether it's the enthusiastic podcast guest representatives. Mm -hmm. It feels like they come in waves because it it will feel like there's some weeks, like the last two, three weeks, we've gotten, again, we continue to get these super nice emails from people. I don't know what we're doing differently or if we're we're getting a different listener base, but we get the nicest emails from people. We're still getting lots of those. But like, what? A month, two months ago? It it got to be like two to one of like two emails about getting on your back to work program versus one nice email from a person. Right. It's weird. I am now running four uh, phone filtering uh, apps.: Four.: Just to try it, just to try it. and I don't think they can step on each other. I'm running four, and I will tell you. Truecaller, Hiya, Privacy star and Nomo Robo.
1: Nomo no Robo. Nomo Robo. Like no more robot yes. calls. OK. You
0: got you to write a novel and grow a beard.:
1: I think I get Remo no, 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 no. About one or two calls a day, at least one. And it usually is about the same time. It's almost always from Orlando, area code 407. And the other really? one, yeah. And the other one is, I think, is it Kansas City or Kentucky? So one of the K it's flyover states. One of, the, one of the K states, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they, those, things, those things come in. Send your notes to Dan. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and so those, those come in and it's always the same. And here's the weird thing that I've noticed. I've noticed something interesting. If you listen to the recording, if you just hang up, they will call back the next day. If you listen to the recording, at the end of it, they will usually say, like, if you would like to be on our do not call list or removed from our call database, press eight or something like that. And so, I, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, I will wait. If they don't give me that option, if they don't give me the option, a lot of the time, I will, uh, I will put, I'll I'll put, hit hit whatever the number is that'll bring me to a, you know, like, would you like to speak to a specialist about, you know, your, your credit or uh, here's the one I get all the time, a college loan, about my college loan. I never had a college loan. you
0: got to deal with those college loans.
1: Well, I never, that's the funny part is I never had a college loan. I was on the Florida prepaid program, which is something that they used to do. So back in the seventies, my grandparents paid... For my entire college education, oh my I gosh, was, Dan, that's so cool! It was for about eight, eight or nine hundred dollars back then, because there were no colleges of, worth anything back then in Florida. There um, was
0: one college in Florida, and no one even knew where it was. That's
1: right, and and and, and so college tuition back in the seventies for Florida was it was nothing. It was nothing, so they god, paid it's for that. So crazy. But the way this program worked, it was amazing. Oh, wait, I'm
0: sorry, I'm starting to interrupt you. Let me understand this. So, in 1970, let's say seven. Sure, you buy a year of college for your kid at that price, at the price that it is in. Oh the... my god! Yeah.
1: So I think <sighs> I think they paid. I don't know how much my co- my college was probably. I don't know. I mean it was it was nothing. It was it was nothing. Like if tuition is $20,000 a year or 50,000 dollars whatever it is now, it was like $900 a year. It was like it was nothing. It was nothing. And uh and they did it as sort of like a a fallback because if you wind up not using it when your kid is of college age, you get the money back, but you don't get it with any interest. So all along however many thousands you you gave to your uh to to your university system there in Florida, they held on to it. But if in 15 years or 20 years or whatever, you, uh, your kid hasn't gone to a Florida school, then you just get it back. So you get your original five grand back or whatever it was. So that was, that was actually (laughs) the only way I was able to go to college. Wouldn't have been able to afford it. Otherwise, if they hadn't done that, but I was going to college in 90, you know, for 1972 prices,
0: that is so crazy. It's crazy,
1: isn't it? I think uh but anyway, so the, so uh, there was a point to that. Oh, right. Oh. So I never had a college loan. So
0: right. Uh, Wait, I, no, we talked about this on on due by Friday and Max like his call, he gets constant calls about his credit cards of which he has none. Mm. Right? And for me, it's mortgages. I'm like, really my mortgage? Right. And no, so I, I I had a mortgage.
1: I listen. I stand there and I listen. And then at the end of it it says, you know, press 2 to speak with a customer service representative. I'm like, okay, great. And I'll just ask them to put me on on their do not call list. 70, 80 percent of the time, when it clicks over, it hangs up. I never actually get to speak to the to the customer service rep, who I'm very interested in talking to. And I never get to talk to the person. It just hangs up. They don't they don't say hello. It just says, okay, you know, hang on, and we'll be connected with it. And I wait about thirty seconds, listen to the music, and then click. It's gone. And then the, the other thing that happens is when someone does answer, they'll start, hi, well, thank you very much. I'm calling. You, and i say, could you put me on your do not call list? Click. And they don't respond. And I have a theory. Oh, I have a theory that if they hang up fast enough and that you don't get to finish the question, this is just a the theory. But if you don't get to finish asking them the question, they can say deniably that, that we didn't hear it. We didn't get asked that. So we've we've hung up so that we don't oh, have to take you off wild. the list. That's what I think. <laughs> I, I do have a lot of see, theories. I'd love so. to see the
0: court case where that really gets tried. Yeah, you know? I know. I know. No, uh, well, well, your honor, we did call no takebacks.
1: <laughs> That's when my, my kid comes home. He's like, look, I got these three Pokemon cards, and I only gave the other guy one. I'm like, yeah. He's like, and we called no trade backs, So. <laughs>
0: yeah, I put my hands over my ears and went la, 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 So, <laughs> I think I have legal standing. <laughs> So I have Truecaller, I have Hiya, I have Privacy Star, I have no More Robo, and because, you know, potentially people might ask, uh, hey, Merlin, what's your recommendation? Uh, I don't know, but, but here's the thing. Hiya, hmm, they want access to your contacts because reasons. They say it's because something, something, learn trusted numbers. I think it's weird, and I'm kind of sorry I installed it. The two that seem to be catching the most, and I can tell this by going into my phone app and seeing, you know, what has gotten flagged, well I mean, here's the thing If you don't mind, I think it's there's I think I paid for this. Nomo Robo seems to do the best job of blocking and of identifying which calls to block. And they've recently added some smarts to tell you if the list has gotten out of date, which the other ones I think usually won't do. Nomo Robo feels like the winner in terms of straight up skills at, you know, hands off, you know, blocking the calls for you, right. But, And lacks something that every other app has that's very satisfying, which is the ability to go in and do a search on a number. And the the winner on this one is Truecaller. Because when you get a call on your phone, you can, you know how you can go to share contact? Yeah. Or share, yeah, share, is that it? Share contact? Well, it's really weird because then you get the pop-up for the extension and you can say send to Truecaller and you don't have to copy and paste.
1: So like you get the
0: call hit that, that sends it to caller, automatically does a sh- search, and then it tells you based on their list, like, what this looks like. Yeah, two out of five badness. This looks like a scam call. Looks like a whatever. Do you want to block it? And in that case, I think it says, you know, block and report. Well, I don't really want to report it. I just, you know, I want to report it. Well, the problem is Robo does not have, it has just blocking ability. There, I don't see a way to go into that app and do a search. So for example, like if I get a call and I don't recognize it, I will, because I have lots of time in my day and this is my personality, I'll go and search that number on all the services just to see what comes up. And if nothing comes up on all four of them, like it's just not known, it just appears to be a blah, blah uh, mobile number. Well, I mean, who knows what that could be? Um, it's probably not anything nefarious. So just because I don't know who it is doesn't mean I want to block it. And in that case, I you know might want to go kind of track down what that is, but um, I mean, it it does seem to work. Another nice thing No More Robo does is it lets you send a fake spam call to yourself. So it has this one number that it uses to test it, so you can see if it worked. So, like for example, if you've changed it from, so they have a radio button where it's either let me know that this is like a a, a, a robocall, or button two right. automatically send this to voicemail because there's currently no way in the phone kit. There's currently no way to just not take the call. It basically just won't let you know about it and then sends it to voicemail. So if you want to test that, you can have it call you. And it calls you from this what what they've identified as a uh, spam number. But Privacy Star also, you know, pretty good. Looks promising. It's a little cute. I would say if you just want to do this and not think about it, try Nomorobo. If you want to diddle around with it, try True Truecaller. And you might want to put it... I mean, I don't, I'm not aware of any way in which these step on each other Yet, if people have information on that, you know, tut us about it. But I would say you might try No More Robo and Truecaller and just see how it goes. Hiya, creeped me out.
1: Hi, why? Because they were sending information up up the up the turtle chain?
0: Up the turtle chain. Turtles all the way up. And the other thing was that Hiya came out in the very infancy. Uh, is it called Phone Kit? Is that what it's called? I, I believe so, yeah. But it was in the very, very early days. And honestly, the first... Uh, Even the first uh, public, like, gold master versions of 10, the phone blocking just didn't work. It was a known issue when it launched. It just didn't work. It was was not, for whatever reason, the API was not working. It was not filtering. It was not blocking. It just didn't, flatly didn't work. And um, eventually that got fixed in maybe 10.1, maybe earlier. But... um, so there were numerous times where the advice from Hiya was, "Hey, you know, it works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. It works for some people for a while. It doesn't work for a while." And so I, because I really have wanted this feature forever, I diligently would delete and reinstall the app. And every time I reinstall it, it was like, "Hey, we need access to all your contacts." <laughs> and each time I did it, I was like, "I just don't feel good about this. I don't. I don't want Rob Cordry like getting on some list. Like it's just weird. Like I don't. I don't want that." So I don't know. I, I wish they would address that. They probably have their reasons, but. I would say this is this is a, a day and age where you can more and more brand your app based on what nonsense you're not doing, and I would I would encourage companies to take advantage of that. If it's not critical to the functioning of the app, you know, like I let HBO now have the ability to send me push notifications, right? And and now I find out like if there's a new season of Girls, like I don't. That's okay. Postmates, I'm ready to just just bomb Postmates off of everything because Postmates is constantly like breaking the terms by sending these promotional things in push notifications like if you're playing like dumb kid games you get used to that because it's a total cesspool but like for these established brands, I think that's really gross. Yeah. Do you get these? You ever get these pop? Do you, do you just shut off notifications?
1: I try to turn it off for almost everything. I like the the fewer notifications, the better. But I do have one. Kind of on want for, it though
0: for delivery services. You like you need want that. it.
1: Yeah, you need it for delivery services, and I need it for. And I do have it on for like iTunes because there's a couple seasons that we of shows that we bought on iTunes, and so when a new one drops, I like that little reminder that there's yeah. a new one waiting there. But yeah, I mean, as far as as far as notifications go for deliveries, that's something that I'm obsessed with, and and I'm still using the deliveries app for that. That is my oh
0: deliveries the June Cloud app the June Cloud app. No, which, I meant I'm sorry, I meant more for like if you get food delivered or something. Oh, see, like, we don't have any of that stuff here. Well, let me give a special award at this point to DoorDash, and DoorDash is a competitor to Postmates that I'm liking a lot more than Postmates. And here's one reason I love them you go into the account settings. And so basically DoorDash is a gig economy service where you order food from pretty much anywhere. They charge you a flat fee for it and somebody goes and gets the food and brings it to your house. So like if, that, if there's a place in town that, and increasingly I think places are, it's been a mixed blessing for restaurants because I can see like when I walk into a restaurant, restaurants that have like almost nobody in there are packing up tons of takeaway orders. But so anyway, DoorDash is one of these kinds of services. I guess like, what's the one that's really popular in New York? Nibbler, Foodbutt, whatever it's called, Grubhub, Grubhub. Um, But this is great. So DoorDash, you go in, and in the account settings, they have three different radio buttons for push notifications. Do you want marketing push notifications, yes or no? Do you want delivery SMS notifications, yes or no? Do you want delivery push notifications, yes or no? So I have delivery push notifications on and the other two off. I think that's a very thoughtful piece of UI to go in and say, and to me, this, this... Putting nonsense pop-up notifications for promotion in your app is much more okay if there's a way to turn it off. But I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that breaks the terms of iOS to have promotional things. Hey, time to go buy another coloring book. It's fall. Marr. So anyway, kudos to the company DoorDash for um, putting in that radio button. I think it's a classy thing to do. Door DoorDash door DoorDash DoorDash, yeah DoorDash jeans. Door, the DoorDash look. Isn't that the guy who used to edit your podcast? DoorDash was that his name? <laughs> I don't DoorDash LaForge, wasn't that his name? No. I think I'm having a stroke. With the,
1: with the glasses, he could
0: sure. They all got glasses. You can't edit a podcast without
1: glasses. I know. Oh, you are
0: talking about the guy with the banana comb in his hair?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then in the um, movies, he just had he had freaky contacts on.
0: With the banana comb in his hair. He's up in the air. So here's a, a question a for,
1: for you about uh first of all, I wanted I've got a couple yes. I got a lot of quick, quick little hits, digga, digga. Uh, to get you for, but one of them is with with Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Um he can't he can't ever turn that kinetic blast off. He's always gonna have the Ruby glasses on of some kind, right? If his eyes oh. are open.
0: Excluding any like you know wackadoodle issues, alternate universe, yes, alternative I'm, I'm universe, talking the main, excluding main all that universe. kind of stuff. the 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 Cyclops that we know, as far as I know, um, if his eyes are open, the beams are shooting at full blast, right? I think, and that's why he needs the ruby quartz with the visor and the tourney thing in order to be able to like. I think initially it was just shutters; <laughs> they were just like little shutters. All right. That's open, my that's open my or understanding. Closed? Open or closed, and and like he like has to keep his eyes closed, you know, if he doesn't have his visor on.
1: Man, what is that right? Uh, yeah, I think that is right. What if you accidentally like squint or at some, you know, pop your eyes open at, when you wake up in the morning or whatever?
0: That's right. Well, you want to get those uh, contacts you can sleep in. Does he have? I think contacts? that happens in uh, in Giant Size X Men or maybe ninety four. Remember the professor? Like, I think that's when he first makes him. Doesn't he first make him a new visor or sunglasses or something? It's in one of the first
1: I remember where he had just the sunglasses and would walk around with them all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, James Marsden. I really like that actor a lot. I don't love him as Cyclops, but I like him a lot, a lot in pretty much everything else.
1: The Logan stuff. uh, Mm, That looks interesting. I saw the extended previews for that. And uh, they they are looking good. And I was a little worried that they were going to use they were going to there was going to be a, yet another X Men Wolverine movie where uh, where Wolverine's healing powers are compromised mm-hmm. because that's you know like on the one hand yeah if you can't really be hurt at all by even a nuclear explosion you know like how do you create a challenge for that character but right. uh, but I think the approach that I've read about. Looks for this looks to be pretty good. Should I say what it is, or do you want to?
0: Don't don't tell me too much. I've been avoiding spoilers, but I mean, I, I saw, I saw that because if you've seen in uh, the, I saw the previews, John, Johnny, Johnny Picard and X twenty three are in it.
1: Yeah, uh, if you if you've seen the previews, Wolverine has scars and he looks older and he looks like maybe he gets hurt and other things. And
0: it's, is it kind of the old man Logan?
1: It is. At, it's not kind of. It is totally the old man. Logan. Okay. And apparently, his healing factor still works, but if if he's hurt bad enough, it heals, but it heals the way it would with a regular person so if if you accidentally you know got slashed by a sword. Uh, you would heal eventually, but you would have a a nasty scar. Well, so does he, even though he heals much faster. So this is a product of being several hundred years old for him, Mm -hmm. that his his things are slowing down. So when he gets new skin, it's not baby new skin, it's just it heals, (laughs) but it heals fast. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay Okay. with that. And now what I don't understand, though, is how um, X-23 has adamantium skeleton which she clearly does in the movie uh in the previews how she has an adamantium and she's a kid she's a kid right she's, she's like, a, a kid. like a teenager now if you if you're a, if you're i don't know how much you're familiar with children but mm-hmm. they're growing a lot and until they reach full size all oh. they and it, not just their skin that grows it'll their like, bones like grow kid, too
0: uh, it'll be like buying adamantium shoes not a good investment Right, because pretty soon you've
1: outgrown them. So how do you not outgrow ow, ow, ow. an adamantium skeleton?
0: That's, that's a very good point. And, and uh, see, I, I'm so out of the loop. But like, so X23 was initially. and There's a really good like mini series about her. Yeah. Uh, a few years back. But X23, it's along the lines of uh, well, like 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 uh, Wolverine. They, they like dropped her in the tank. She's like, she's the same like genetic material. She's, clo- she's a clone of Wolverine. She's a clone. Okay. All right.
1: I don't know. I don't understand the male female part of the cloning, but she is a clone. She's cloned from Wolverine. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't want to know too much more because I'm going to see That's all
1: it. I know. Now we're
0: on the same. We're on equal footing. I'll see if I can get a, uh, get permission from my lady to go see that. Um, but yeah, no, and Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really out of the loop right now. I keep buying stuff and not reading it. I got to read, I want to read Gwenpool. I got Gwenpool and I haven't read it yet. Uh Everybody loves that. Yeah. I still haven't read all of Squirrel Girl. Like, I'm so, so out of the loop right now. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Read Squirrel Girl. Uh, Did you? No. Oh.
1: I want Uh, to. It's
0: on my list. My daughter reads so many more comics than I do. She, she really loves The Simpsons comics as she loves the show. Um,
1: what Did you ever she quote part? the
0: show in real life appropriately? Not as much as I do.
1: The other we, day we had
0: a little mini marathon of three episodes because you know it's Jubilee weekend, so we had a little mini marathon of three episodes. We watched three of uh, our the Venn diagram of our favorite old episodes. We watched Last Exit to Springfield, <laughs> which is probably my favorite episode. Yes, they have the plant, but we have the power, <laughs> and <Dandel> i <laughs> plan. <laughs> And uh, there's so much, good, and and also the one, what's it called, Uh, Maggie's First Word, we watched First Words, we watched that one, which is another classic flashback episode, and like it's, it is, oh, and then we watched the, is it called Homer in Space, the one where he and Barney are going to be in the space program. I vaguely remember that one. Well, you'll remember for one very specific line, (laughs) when they showed footage of the, Uh, Homer has screwed up and there's like another potato chips floating around and there's ants and a giant ant, an ant crosses in front of the camera and Kent (laughs) Brockman says, I for one welcome our new insect overlords. Oh,
1: that's where that one's from. (laughs) I love that. Yeah.
0: But no, it's weird how much of some of those episodes I still, even with my very poor memory, how many of those episodes, the lines, I, I just still, I remember so much of it.
1: My boy was sitting there at the table the other night. And uh, my wife asked him something, and without missing a beat, he just says, can't talk, eating. And I, uh, it just- I know you like clowns. It made me so happy that he did that.
0: Iron helps us play.
1: <laughs>
0: There's so many great quotes in that episode. Oh, my crib, God. Crib, crib, I'm a baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Hello, Joe. <laughs> It's a great show. It's still great. Uh, Conan it's, O'Brien, man, Conan O'Brien. He he did some of my absolute favorite episodes of that show.
1: The writing is still great. I think they might have had a lull a couple of years ago, but now it is as strong as ever. I still, I've oh, said man, that before. It's been great. It's, just, lately. it's great. I what love was, it.
0: What so was the la- latest? Was the latest one throwing Lisa's hat away? I haven't seen so that. The, when went to the beach. Uh, that was that was good. The one with the podcast was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Everybody's making so many podcasts. No one has time to listen to them. So mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, it's easy to get kind of grizzled about these things, but you know, that, that show, I, I don't watch South Park on purpose, but when I do see it, I'm still amazed that they can put that show out every week. That's still out? Yeah. And it'll have stuff from like, it'll have like nine day old current events in it. They, they it. make that show so fast. It's, it'll make your head spin. But, uh, did you have any more comic follow-up questions for me? Um, I think... No, that's it. If you have any comic questions, I would suggest you do this. You come out to the Ungainly X-Men Meetup, number 15. That's this week, Thursday, right? That's this week. That's correct. This Thursday, Ungainly X-Men Meetup, number 15. It's going to be at Two Cats Comics in West Portal. You come out Thursday, February 23rd, 2017, 7.30 to 9 p.m., Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal. Uh, you know, come on out. Come on out and say hi. There's going to be some people there. I've seen some chatter. There's chatter I've been picking up. Some people will be there. And uh, you can come out. You don't have to talk about comics. You can, you know, talk about whatever. Uh, and uh, it'll be real chill. So, 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 so coming out. I don't want to beat it to death, but I want to make sure you come out and um, visit this beautiful store and uh, learn about it and, and meet some new friends. Love That's their, nice lo- love do. their logo, Merlin. You do? Yes. That's my least favorite part. Is no, logo.
1: I mean, that makes me want to go. The two cats? Mm-hmm. You mm. got the big one, little one, the Siamese jumping on like the. It's like
0: a hobby shop from 1978.
1: That's what makes it appealing to me. Yeah. Is that emblazoned on the uh out outside of the store like on the awning? I don't, it is. I'm looking at pictures.
0: They well, they also do like they do like a hand drawn comic thing for like a regular sign. It's a really nice store. They got a lot of the Funko's, they got tons of Funko's, they got shirts, tons of trades, uh gaming stuff, floppies, uh figurines as they like to call them. <laughs> they got some really nice figurines. Floppies. Floppies.
1: Well, those are the regular books, yeah.
0: Regular books. Mm-hmm. Two Let's go and look. Let's go look. What are what these kind of
1: bags? Thing. I'm looking at something that shows little, it looks like they're brown paper bags with a- It's like the
0: mystery date. I think it's called mystery date or like you go in and like there's a description of who would like this and you buy it and it's like a, it's a surprise uh, book or comic based on your interests.
1: This is not the store we went to when I was in San Francisco. No, this one's very different in it.
0: Remember uh, the one we, we went probably to? We went to the blast off one with the Dr. Strange costume. I think so.
1: I think that sounds yeah,
0: right. Yeah, that's uh, Rocket Man. Okay. Autopia. Uh, 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 wait, I almost got it. It's uh, everybody in San Francisco. It's the guy with the tall hair uh, owns it. Good. Uh, Radio Blastoff. That's a person? Oh. This story is yeah, so
1: organized. Man. It's nice. It's everything. tidy it is. Oh, my is God.
0: No, and the, the thing is, that's how it really looks. Okay, let's go look at their figurines. Ooh. Ooh, players' handbook. Oh, they got they got DM guides. Look at that! Look at that! Did you Can see? Start, Do- did you get around
1: to seeing while we're talking about comics? Did you see Doctor yeah. Strange? Remind me. Yeah, yeah, saw a couple times. It's out on. Uh, I think it's on the iTunes now, and my uh, my kids have been watching it nonstop.
0: Yeah, I like it. It you know it didn't really stick to my ribs. Like I, I didn't think about it a lot afterward, but it is absolutely visually stunning.
1: Dormammu, I'm here to bargain. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, God. That, you know what? Okay. That's good. Now you gotta I go like
1: see that. it. Now you gotta go watch it again.
0: Here's some of their figurines. They got a Harley Quinn. They got lots of Harley's Quinn. They got some, uh, oh, lots of DC's. Oh, look at that. There's Batgirl. There's a Girl in a wheelchair. I know. I know. Did you see the Lego Batman movie? No. How is that one? It's good. Mm-hmm you You know what i I can recommend taking a kid to that movie it's a good movie it's got parts that are extremely funny high bar after that first one but you know well done and you know it does have lots of little funny in jokes and throwback things and like even jokes about batman v superman and stuff it's pretty funny oracle oracle's cool Mm -hmm. i like her lots of uh, they call them figurines uh well enough of this wallowing in hypocrisy yeah um so come on out to Two Cats Comics, three twenty West Portal Avenue. It's uh, Thursday at seven thirty, and then we go have a drink. Oh my God, they use Comic Sans in their logo. See, this does not reflect what this place is like inside. Now you saw what it looks like actually inside, right? Yeah, I did. Cool. He's a very clean old man. Um, Dan, is there anything uh, that you like that you'd like to tell me about?
1: First of two is Text Expander for Teams. You know what they call this? They call this a productivity multiplier. Shared knowledge base from which your team communicates quickly and accurately. Knowledge. Knowledge. So imagine that all the people that you work with, your team that you collaborate with, all the common replies. So if you've got people that are replying to people that are emailing you, people that want support, maybe you're doing, you're fielding PR requests, whatever it is, you could take somebody who's a really good writer and you could get them to write responses. Then everyone can use these responses these common replies they're immediately accessible they're searchable you can use simple abbreviations you can use keyboard shortcuts and they're all on whatever platform that your team is on mac ios and now windows that's what text expander is these days now by itself text expander it's a little tool that saves you time on typing that's it big a lot of time on typing but now you can use it with your team it's a platform for increasing productivity they made a special URL. You can learn more about Text Expander. It's TextExpander.com slash b two w. You love Text Expander, Merlin. It's one of your uh, one of your big things.
0: I'm still adding new uh, new abbreviations. Yeah, yeah. Should I just tell you some recent ones? I would love to hear it. Let me go uh, load her up. Let's go see. Okay, um, so the ones that I can share that are not obscene. Uh, one that I use a lot this is going to sound real crazy, but Text Expander has this ability to do these, I think they call them fill-ins, where basically you can go in and create a piece of boilerplate text that you reuse. And so, for example, I have, if anybody's ever noticed, I do podcasts when I'm not recording the show with Dan. And one thing that I frequently do is I will do, a, so there's a certain way that I begin and end a lot of my uh, sponsor reads, the ones I haven't screwed up and need to redo. There you go. So, for example, I might say something like, this episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Foo.com. You can learn more about Foo.com right now by visiting Foo.com. Mm-hmm. Now, what, the way I get that is I've typed in, there's variables in that. So this episode of, and there's a pull-down menu that's accessible via the keyboard. I could select either Reconcilable Differences or Roderick on the Line. is brought to you by, and then I just type, type in the name of the sponsor. You can learn more about repeated variable, don't need to retype it, name a sponsor. Right now by visiting, and then I paste in the URL. So, I mean, that sounds silly, but like that saves me a little bit of time every week. And then to end, S P O N S E N D, our thanks to food.com for supporting Roderick Online and all the great shows. <laughs> so, the mad dumb kind of thing, but that saves me so much time and I love it so much. Sometimes I just want to say to uh, somebody on uh, on Twitter, I just want to say thank you for your message. So if I type T-Y-F-M, that saves me a lot of time, and I'm not dealing with that person anymore because they're muted. Thank you for your message. Oh, here's one I like a lot. Uh, I've been using, I'm going to send this to you in the text. I type S-I-C-K-W-I-F-E. S-I, I have to spell it right. And that has a picture of a raccoon carrying a cat. Please, my wife. She's very sick. Now, <laughs> I, I use that. I use that image enough. You see him? Yeah. He's saying please, my wife. She's very sick. Now this is the funniest image that has ever been on the internet, and I find myself referring to it. Please, my wife. She's very sick. And look how he's—he's he's kind so of—he's not weird. sure if he should—he's not sure if he should come in. No, but his wife is very bizarre. sick. Bizarre. Yeah. So all I have to do is I type a few letters, and that just pops right in. Uh, if I type M I F, that turns into must investigate further. Um, let's see. What else did I do in here? I use this thing all the time. And then, you know, to me, honestly, this, this is a broken record because this record needs to be broken. If I type EMG, that types my, my uh, email address on Google. I type MDMM, that types in a username that I use a lot. I type in MMCOM, that types in the URL for my website that I don't update. These are things I use all the time. I can't even tell you how much time unless I go and look it up in the app, but I save so much time with this. Sharing this with a team, forget about it. That's all I'm going to say about that. But, you know, you could put a raccoon picture in, in like uh, less than a second with letters. Do, do, do people know this, Dan, that you can have images, signatures? It's not just text. You can have all kinds of stuff going there with variables.
1: <laughs> Go to TextExpander.com slash B2W to start your free trial and learn how companies like WordPress and Desk and Merlin Mann are multiplying their productivity using TextExpander.
0: Bawk, bawk. Please, please, bok bok. Please actually go and do this. <laughs> you know you're going to have two lives in this world. You're going to have your world when you're an animal, not using text expander, and then you're going to have your world where you become, you reach your uh, whatever you're called in the in the in the Pokemon. You become your final format. You won't become your final format until you go and get text expander. That's from the Gospel of Luke, who was a doctor. Here's one where I would frequently type back to work, and I do this thing when I'm typing quickly or just typing where the first two letters of a word will, will be capitalized. I don't know why. I do this all the time. And so I just have it correct. So when I type back to work with WO in caps, it fixes that for me. Because there's times when I don't want to be smart. There's times when I just want to be dumb. And text expander lets me just be dumb. We received mucho much response. From uh, uh, the, I, got a, I got a Actually You Forgot from people. Well, actually, I didn't forget, but I want to share it anyway because it's very useful. What was the You I Forgot? Got, I got it a lot of Actually You Forgot. La- so last week, I was talking about the thing I wonder if people know about, which is that you can do when you're in uh, anywhere where your keyboard has appeared in iOS on a modern iPhone. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So you can do a long press and you now have the ability to, with just your thumb, this is very important, just your thumb be able to fly around and do things with text. And I mentioned um, the ubiquitous David Pogue had a nice article about doing some stuff I didn't even realize you could do. Uh, Thank you to everyone who said, hey, did you know you could do this on iPad? Yes, I did know, but let's go ahead and share this with people. If you're on an iPad, presumably a modern iPad on a modern operating system, Mm -hmm. and you're anywhere that a keyboard appears, this is very good to know. Uh, While you're typing... And and again now, so this is, this is, you're going to need to go into using more than your thumb mode for a second, unless you're willing to use just your two thumbs like some kind of a monster. But like take your index finger and your middle <laughs> finger and slide across the keyboard. And yes, indeed, you now get a similar ability using the two fingers. I think that's great. I think that's. I think that's a super B plus thing to be able to do. It's not the A plus plus extra credit of just pressing with your thumb on iPhone. And so I, I, I want people to know about that. And yes, many of the things we talked about still apply. I find it much harder to do on an iPad. Because um, like I say, I mean, for me, ugh, I don't know what percentage of the time I'm holding an iPad in my big meaty hands and using my thumbs to type. And so for, personally for me, most of the time in the way I use an iPad, I would now need to change how I'm holding an iPad to go and use my fingers, right? You, do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. Because, I mean, I, I'm, I wish you could see what my hands are doing right now. I'm, I'm holding an iPad to see it. and using my two thumbs to, to type on the keyboard. Well, now, if I want to use the two fingers, I have to change the orientation, not the orientation, but I have to change how I'm holding it in order to accommodate for having one less, less hand holding it and then bring out my two fingers and move around. And then if you want to do the editing stuff, it's there I've never gotten it to work super well, but you can do something similar for doing text selection on the iPad. Um, There is a link in notes uh, to a wonderful, I believe it's in notes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a wonderful uh, article on iMore that I can highly recommend called how to use, oh, it doesn't like me using an ad blocker. Sorry, Renee. Um, How to use trackpad mode on iPhone and iPad. And that's a very good, written by Renee. Oh, hoisted by my own petard. Uh, (laughs) Excellent article by Renee on uh, how to do all of this on iOS with accommodating devices. And I just want to underscore, so first of all, thank you to everybody who wrote in with that. I appreciate it. Uh, But also really, I still want to really encourage people, if you have an iOS device and you do any amount of stuff with editing text in particular, please at least go and learn a little about this and turn off your ad blocker. You're hurting a Canadian.
1: Ad blockers are a really tough uh tough thing, not really well you know whether whether to use it, it used whether to not, be it's yeah. not
0: really that tough anymore.
1: so you'd, <laughs> uh, do you recommend to turning them off and just letting letting the ads roll through what are you saying I'm talking about the moral ethic uh opinion thing of it
0: I don't know um, i when it was simply a matter of Gosh, I'm kind of sick of seeing the same Google ads all the time. But it wasn't affecting stuff. Yeah. You know, whatever. That's fine. Like I could live with that, especially on iOS, it wasn't that big of a deal. The yeah. ads were not very invasive. Um when that became more of hey, it's kind of weird how I went to this website and now this ad is following me around. That's kind of strange. Uh that was that was sort of odd. When it got to where the pages on a fast connection on iOS were taking three to five seconds to load and generating all kinds of errors. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the performance of the web, it, It's I mean, this is such an old topic. I, I, I'm sorry that that particular way of, of making revenue with the site is, um, if that's the only way that you have to make money on your website, I feel bad that I'm taking... Yeah. Uh, Money out of your pocket. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm talking about.
0: But, and actually I'm going to talk about something in a minute about an alternative way to do this, um, potentially. Nothing, I mean, nothing against these people. I've had, I, I, do, we do ads on the podcast. But this this ad is not going to follow you around. This ad is not, listening to this ad is not going to make the podcast load more slowly. Listening to this podcast is, as far as I know, it's not going to do anything to expose what computer you're using, where you're using it, and what other podcasts you listen to. And so as long as the the, the problem today is for the people who are are super mad about ad blockers, I, I understand that like I totally understand that, but you must address the fact that it's not really a problem with the ads. It's a problem with the software that runs the ads. and the software that runs the ads is doing stuff that sometimes even the publishers don't even know. They're, they, You put in a little chunk of JavaScript and God only knows what is going to happen now. So once you do start running an ad blocker and you go in and look at what's happening or you start running something, in my case, like Ghostery, it's going to curl your hair with these sites are trying yeah. to do. Yeah. So, you know, if, if it means a lot to you to have, and there are sites that I whitelist just for my own personal reasons, just because they're friends of mine and I <clears throat> I want them to do well. But increasingly, yeah, you know what? I buy the version of Slate where I, <clears throat> where I don't have ads. You know, I... I because, in that case, the the experience of using that site is so horribly degraded and you just even take the data that we know about what Amazon has learned about what a change of a fraction of a se- second load time means to people's purchases like let's 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 use our brains like <laughs> if it means a lot to you to have those ads, well, you know, just dropping in a piece of JavaScript and collecting a check for ten years, like okay, I don't know, I don't know I because I, I don't want I, I it's it's a third real issue, especially feeling hypocritical as somebody who has ads on the podcast. But there's a reason I believe in the open web, such as it is. There's a reason I believe in podcast apps being able to just run anything that has an RSS feed. If that's hypocritical, that's okay with me. I'm like, you know, that's just going to have to be all right. Yeah. I think the stuff that a lot of this web-based ad software is is doing is very harmful to not just our experience of the internet. I think it's really it's potentially damaging and scary what it's doing that they're not telling you that it's doing. And I don't think you need a tinfoil hat just to look at the, the combination of an improved experience and less opportunity for dumb stuff to happen to you to say, well, maybe this is a thing I'm going to try. I'm not encouraging people to do that, but like, if, if you want to fault me for doing that, I can live with that. Which brings me to Overcast 3. Yeah, that was is,
1: just a big, big new announcement. And he's doing in there, the uh, he's he's showing podcast
0: ads in the yeah. app. Well, okay. And so here, as, all of the usual provisos with anything having to do with Marco apply. Look, I'm sorry. I know some of you don't like Marco and I know that that's a thing. That's okay. Um, what is interesting about this, he's made a ton of improvements to the way and just changes to the way the app works to kind of modernize it. And Marco's been really, I think, pretty straight up about saying, hey, look, you know, these ads don't actually earn that much money. The ads are mostly useful. He's being honest about this. And saying these ads are mostly useful as a thing to get people to want to upgrade to not see ads. And I I respect his being honest about that. What Marco also said is he's done putting closed source code from other people into his apps, which is what you have to run if you want to do most of these ad things. This is the beauty of it. Somebody sends you, what, three, six lines of JavaScript opening, closing tag, you drop it in. But now they own a little piece of your website, right. which is not always a bad thing. There's good actors out there, but there's plenty enough stories out there about what can happen with that closed code, and especially in our current political climate. I say good on Marco for not putting that stuff in anymore. So what he's doing is he's doing his own little ad thing, which I think is very interesting and a little crazy, but he's running his own. If you want to buy an ad for a podcast, you can buy that. I think there's something kind of elegant. Is that for everybody? No. Is there anything that's for everybody? Guess what? No. Grow up. This is the thing that Marco is doing, and I say good on him for doing it. I really like the uh, – I love the new icon. It's very subtle, but I like the new icon. I like that he's made a nod toward features and things like Castro without going totally Castro. So anyway, I just want to mention that, and it's kind of germane to the ad thing. I feel like a terrible person now, Dan. I'm sorry I even brought this up. No, don't, because it's, it's – I still feel like you know it's not
1: exactly a, a solved issue, you know?
0: Well, I don't want publishers to be, if if there's any, one of the many things we've learned in the last year, it was nice that we got free Britney Spears MP3s. It's cool that we didn't have to buy our own copy of The Phantom Menace. It's great that all these things were out there that let us get content for free in ways that were or were not 100% legal and legit. One downside of people's expectations about what we pay for things changing is the way that journalism has changed. So... Without being too overtly political, I will tell you that I now subscribe to several things I didn't use to subscribe to because I want to give the New York Times my money. I give the Washington Post my money. I mean, I I really need them to do what they're doing and I'm willing to pay for it. And guess what? Side benefit, I don't get ads on the site. That's I know that's not a scalable approach, but like there has been a fundamental change in what people are willing to pay for. And like a lot of people, Marco has realized that in this app economy, You need to have an app that doesn't cost anything. Yeah, you have to. Right. I had a very interesting, almost ninety-minute text conversation with John Roderick a couple weeks ago, explaining um, why—not explaining why, but like you know, just he was like, "Okay, I have this app I bought a long time ago for the phone, and it's it's not really working very well anymore." And it's a product we all know and use. And I—I hate to use the word "explain," but I had to kind of walk him through. I chose to kind of walk him through like what an incredibly complicated landscape that is. That there was a time I <laughs> there was a time I would pay $10 for an app. There was a time I would pay $5 for an app. Right. I will still pay that for an app, but most other people won't. You can't have upgrades, you can't have demos, you can't have trials. People balk at that. The only way to really make any money from this is to have a free app with in-app purchases. And guess what? That version that you got in 2009 is not going to get supported anymore. So that was an interesting conversation, but that's in that case, that's, that's the way the App Store worked. The, the pressures on developers have led them to say, look, if you want any of the benefits of being on the App Store, including being featured, you're going to need to hew to these standards. You're going to you're gonna have a free app with IAPs that Apple makes some money off of. Um, so certainly there are exceptions to the rule. There, there are enterprise apps, there are pro apps that people will pay $40, 80 $1,000 for, I guess, but that's, that's the way that that environment has changed. And I'm not sure it's been that great of a change in that case. But, you know, I have believed for a long time that a lot of ads exist to be a nuisance thing that people just mostly want to get rid of. And if, that's a, if you really think about that, what a strange ecosystem that is. <laughs> what a strange relationship. The person who has a company, the person who hires someone to buy ads for them, the person who places those ads, the developer who puts that in there, the consumers who see it, the consumers who don't, the consumers who act on it. What a very, very strange ecosystem that is.
1: Yeah, it really – I mean there's so, so much. I was thinking about this yesterday or today, this morning maybe, of of just how, it, how the whole – concept of what an app is has changed and how it has to work and that people used to make these little apps and they just charged 99 cents for them. And that, that was the whole thing. Like that was, that was the app, you know, and, and that's completely gone now. Like what the, the biggest apps are all apps that are really connected to services, you know, whether they're telling your stories on Snapchat or whether it's Instagram or Twitter or, you know, most of the apps that people are using, are really connected to other things. And they people, mm. the app developers have had to, well, I shouldn't say most, a lot. Uh they've had to figure out how to how to make money from from doing these. If I'm looking at my home screen now, you know, the mm-hmm. non stock apps that I have on there, uh I've got, you know, I've got delivery, Zendesk, Instagram, Spotify, Mail, TweetBot, Slack, you know, Google Maps, Overcast, uh, all of these apps are really connecting to other services. They're, even the email app of course is pulling from somewhere else and that's
0: I see what you're saying there they're their they're clients for a they're service. They're
1: clients for some Trello. I've got the Trello app on my on my home screen. Right, right, right. Um you know Weather Weatherline, my favorite weather app. All of these things are things that are pulling they are they are clients for a service, really. And that's and then some of those services I pay for and some of them I don't. Mhm. But it's so different from when I was thinking of, of, when the iPhone was first, when you were first able to do apps, it was really like, this is an app that runs on my phone and does stuff on my phone. Like it was a, a closed, a more of a closed thing.
0: <laughs> it, it does a thing on this phone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what, I mean, was calendar syncing in from the beginning? I guess it was calendar and I syncing. I think it was. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the idea of, I could be just remembering this wrong, but I, I I think that's an important distinction to make. Like this is a thing that you buy to do this on this phone, like for for this particular purpose. If you lost that phone, that data would probably be gone in most yeah. cases. Yeah. Whether that's your gameplay or your writing or whatever that was, I'm trying to think when I, I mean, Simple Note was the I feel like Simple Note was the first app that I used a lot for typing long longish things on my phone and having it sync. And I think that would be 2009, I want to say. Maybe. That's when I was working on the book. So Mm -hmm. 2009, 2010. And now that's that's like everything, right? Or it integrates. Like I'm about like, uh, Mike just finished editing the new episode of Reconcilable Differences. And I'm going to upload that to Overcast to listen to. Another great thing in Overcast, you can upload ad hoc files. So I can do that on iOS. I can just go to my phone. I go into the Overcast app. I click a link. I say, okay, and that takes me to a website. I click a button, I say to upload. And it says, what do you want to upload? You, you ever do this? Like, what do you want to upload this from? Dropbox, from whatever. I just go in, I drill down, I click, it does it. I do all of that from iOS now. It's all like Finnish client things doing all of that stuff. Could you have imagined that five years ago? No way, no way. Man, let alone what you do with Zapier or, you know, workflow. It's, it is, it's, it's so crazy. I, you know, I, you really have got me thinking about it. I had not thought about it. Remember that term they used to use in the uh, dot-com era? They talk about like a thin client. Oh, yeah. I mean, and back then, how different is that now? I mean, back then the idea was instead of having lots of managed PCs with all the stuff on them, the thin client revolution was going to be about most of the smart stuff happening on centralized servers and then fairly commoditized PCs with minimal minimal amounts of stuff. I, I don't think they're even talking about mobile at that point. We're talking about like PCs in an office, right? Yeah. In the in the enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. And now today. Yeah, got but it's it seems but you it seems... a Chromebook. You could throw your Chromebook out the window as long as it's gotten uploaded to the cloud in the last second. I'm I'm just repeating something somebody said recently, I think on Hello Internet, but you could throw your Chromebook out a window, pick up another one, log in, and all your stuff would be there.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And more and more, that's how I kind of think of my iPhone. I was thinking about this actually. This was this morning. I had gotten a, a bunch of texts while I was out on my walk this morning, and I was walking by, and we have on the side of the road these large uh, sewer drains things. You know, when it when it rains and whatever, they they're the, the the things that the water rolls down into. What what do you call those? It's not sewer because it's not a grating, but it's like a big cutaway in the side of the of the road, the concrete. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, you know, like if my phone, cause this is what the OCD mind does. Like, well, what if my phone like fell down there? And I was like, you know what? They're really, that would suck because I'd have to like get it replaced and get a new one, but there's nothing on my phone, the specific device that's, that really matters. It's all been synced somewhere else and it will all come right back as soon as I get the new phone. And I've put this to the test several times as I migrated phones. I just tell it to sync with iCloud, set the phone down, come back in a few hours or the next morning, and there's everything. And the phone is is itself just a, in a way, just a client for mm-hmm. all of these cloud services that we now use. I found a hard drive. I've been going on my minimalist kick. So I've been going through all this old boxes of crap, getting rid of, I've gotten rid of so much stuff. And uh, uh, one of the things that uh, I found was this box of old, like external hard drives, you know, USB and Firewire hard drives. So, <laughs> did been, you
0: Mr. Robot them? Did you put a drill through them? No,
1: no. I was just, I would, I would take them out, plug it in, and see what was on there. And I found multiple copies, backups of my iTunes library. And there was nothing in there. And I didn't look at every single song, but I would kind of browse through the folder names. And across the board, I'm like, yeah, Spotify has all this stuff. I don't need any of this. I don't need these things that I spent hours either ripping or buying, you know, downloading from iTunes. I don't need these anymore because, in theory, they're available in the cloud somewhere. So I don't need the files. I don't need to keep the files anymore. And it's, we now have these devices that are capable of storing more than they ever have been ever. Like some, I found two iPods are one. Uh, I'm not sure if they're the first original iPods, but they're within the first couple of generations of iPods. I found them in there too, and you know, like a thousand songs in your pocket. Like, oh my god, how about I have every song in the world now that I yeah. could ever want to hear? And it's not in my pocket; it's wherever I happen to be at that moment. You know, when I commit code to GitHub, like any machine that has that has Git on it, now I can. Now I can pull the code down and start writing code, you know uh, like I spent uh I don't know if we want to talk about this yet, but I spent a week using Linux as my primary machine uh, operating system, I should say, and I was shocked at how little transition there was for me uh, going mm. from one to the other, and how, in a matter of maybe an hour. I was able to go from, here's a base Linux install to I'm up running and writing code and doing my job. Uh, it, it took almost no time to, to do that. And we're really in a place now where the importance of the individual machine, of the laptop, of the computer, of the, of the handheld smartphone, whatever, is becoming less and less and less important. If something terrible happened to my phone, I'd get a new one and all my stuff would just poof, there it is, it's back. Right. And I think that's
0: pretty amazing. I think it is too. And it's rather than, there's so much to unpack here, but rather than diminishing the importance of the app, it's more like it just, it takes all the annoying parts out of the app. It's like, you know, imagine if you could have a car where you just thought about what the interior and user experience was like. If you could have, like if you let Apple Design the inside of your car without having to worry about whether they can make an engine that worked for 10 years. <laughs> a silly example right but Like it used to be back in the day in my 43 folders days, anytime I wanted to go try out a new app, you know there'd be this laborious thing of all this export and import and did it work and then like, oh, what do I lose if I uh, uh. And I have to say, I mean knock on wood, I feel so much more confident about that stuff where if you go in and just authorize this with Google for the time that you're using it, you can get a pretty good sense of how well it's going to work for you. Now it's nice because now I can really just think about the passenger compartment and how much I like the steering wheel, rather than worrying about what kind of spark plugs I need to buy. Now you can, if, as a des- it must be nice as a designer and developer to be able to focus on. Look at like just right now here on my home screen, I have a folder of the different calendar apps I like to use. So Google Calendar, Fantastical, Time Page, Calendars Five, and and uh, Stock Calendar. Such different approaches. I mean, you would never mistake Fantasticale for Time Page, for right. Calendars 5, right. for Calendar. Just looking at, look at a, a daily view, or especially a, a, like a list view in any one of those. There's, it's the level of, of um, not the level of taste, but the style is so different. Time Page is utterly, which is made by the, it's kind of branded to the Moleskin people, but I, I don't, I think that's pretty trivial. Time Page is a very interesting approach. It's very, very pretty. Mm. Uh, it's meant to be very beautiful. Fantastical is just it's all it's very practical. It looks a little bit like a circus, so colorful, but it's just really all about like easy entry. Calendars five continues to like be kind of my workhorse, but the approaches are so different. And like, is it nuts that I have five or more calendar apps? Maybe. But I mean, all I do is hit a button and open it in the place that I want, and everything's there. Right. I I I no longer and, and this leads me to a slight side road here, which is that with all the beating up the i think well earned beating up on icloud that's happened over the years a lot about icloud is really fine now honestly um, i agree
1: i totally agree
0: i don't use it for mail um what do i use it for like but like for contacts for the data you know inside of an app something like the smile apps um like pdf pen and stuff like that or like even this morning i was i was um actually joking around with mike about how the last <laughs> The last time that I had looked at Todoist, oh, I, I, t- I told you this. That I had a, that I had a, uh, a task in there from almost ten years ago, and I made a screenshot, sent that to Slack, and then when I got to work. Of course, it's already in the Photos app at work. Like that's been working pretty well for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Of course, you know, Google Photos is there to pick up some of the slack, and I still think Google Photos is great just just for the, like, re-experience this day or here's an animation I made for you or whatever. But, you know, I have to say, like, knocking on every conceivable piece of wood, I don't fret about syncable things like I used to. I really only notice it it, most of the time if if it's an egregious error or if it's pilot error. Like if I accidentally flip that calendar, you know, let's say in this particular app, I flip that calendar off. It's like, oh my gosh, where's all the Roderick sponsorships? Oh, it's because I turned that calendar off. But I like that, not having to worry about that. But boy, it does make you think about what's next. The Chromebook is such an interesting sleeper cell. Your kids use Chromebooks at school, right? Uh, no, they have all Macs there. We're all Chromebooks. So like the testing that they do, the coding that they do, it's all, it's all on Chromebooks. Um, maybe it's just like a California public school. I don't know. It doesn't
1: need to be a Mac anymore. Does it? It's like whenever I I ask them what they're doing, they're like, Oh, you know, we're, we're going to, and they'll list the three or four or five websites that they use in their class. That's, that's all they're doing.
0: You had to manage, if you had to manage laptop PCs or if you had to manage PCs for a school district, which would you rather? Chrome for sure. I think I'd rather do the Chromebooks. I think that they are built purpose built to be sturdy, networkable and manageable I mean i haven't done this lately with max, but i i got I, if you in a blind taste test, i 'd say, let me try that with Chromebooks first mm-hmm. at a fraction of the cost, yeah yeah,
1: yeah, me too and I, I often think about that as a fascinating because I remember back in the ancient days of Tron. I saw the movie Tron and I was talking to my dad about it. And I said, you know, I said, I think, I think that makes sense. It's like in the future, we'll have like these supercomputers, the the MCP, the MCP out there. (laughs) And that'll do all the thinking. And like all we'll have on, on people's desks will be these tiny little things that that don't really do much. They just all connect to the supercomputer. And he said, actually, I think it's going to be the opposite way around. I think desktop machines are going to get more and more and more powerful and we won 't need the big supercomputers anymore, and as much as I think in a way, we were kind of both right, it obviously went the other way, his way for many many, many years, but now in in you know we, we think about all the intelligent devices that we have, whether it 's the you know, the what do you call it? The talking cylinder or whatever else, you know, mm-hmm. where the, the intelligence is somewhere else and it doesn't. And I love that idea. It shouldn't really matter where I am, wherever I am, I should be able to walk up to a device, whether it's a tablet or a keyboard or whatever it is. And the stuff that I want is right there. I shouldn't have to carry a phone around in my pocket. That seems it, that seems like a good temporary measure. But in 10 or 15 years, will our kids who are now adults be carrying a phone around in their pocket? No way. They're just going to speak and whatever needs to happen will happen because whatever's listening will know who they are and where they are and, and they'll get it done. And I still, we talked about this a lot, but I love it. It's that speaking for a human being, speaking mm-hmm. will always be for, for most people easier and better as a way to communicate. Then trying to type something, if I could say, oh, hey, uh, that meeting, move it, move it like an hour later, that's easier than like, wait, I must now go here and click this app and find this text box entry and type the words reschedule meeting into, you know, like, no, just say, move that, move that meeting. You know, it's it's so much more intuitive, and yeah. being able to just speak and be heard, and again having something listening that's doing it within context. So, you know, we always see these th- future things where you've got Picard saying, "Computer." Uh, do you? It wouldn't even need to do that. You would, if the thing is smart enough, it's gonna know what you're talking about. Like, if I called you on the phone and we were chatting, and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna be in San Francisco. You want to grab some lunch on uh, on mm-hmm. that Wednesday?" You say, "Yeah, let's do it." Where do you want to go? There's a good uh, good place over here. All right, I'll see you. What time? How about two? Okay, see you then. Everything's just done. The thing that listens was listening, and it it did whatever it needed to do on our schedule, so that when that day comes up, we know where to be. That's the kind of intelligence that. That we're going to get, and it's not going to come from carrying a phone around in your back pocket.
0: Yeah, Well, yeah. I, you know, what makes me think of this? What you're saying um, for Christmas, kind of as a gag gift, kind of not. I bought my wife um, some tiles, and and tile is this um, pretty neat. It's, this is again another very young technology, but tile is this thing that you could ostensibly use as a keychain, and it uses a Bluetooth signal, so that if you can't find it for some reason. You can, um, you could have it make a sound so you can find it in the house or you can kind of like walk around your house and it tells you when you're getting closer. Uh, and I, you know, she sometimes, you know, she changes bags and she runs and she puts things here and there and kind of a gag gift, kind of not. I bought her like a four pack of these that includes like one you can put in your wallet, ones you can put on your keychain or your ID badge. And then like, for example, yesterday we were having a family day at the uh, museum and you know, we always try to have a plan about like what we would do if we get separated and we agree on a place to meet. But I was saying like, this would actually be an interesting way to like test out tiles. So like if each of us had a tile, right. And so I'm going somewhere with this, like if we're down in the like dark aquarium area, right. And we've just kind of misplaced you for a minute. Like there is conceivably a way, you know, with, if you're within yelling distance, you could just yell, but you right. could have, that seems like a very near future thing. But I got just for fun. I've been putting this on my stuff too. So I stuck one in my backpack they have one called the tile the tile mate is their little keychain the tile slim is one that's thinner and larger that's meant to be put into like a wallet so just for fun i put it in there it's funny though because as i was setting it up and it was saying what song what bp song do you want to play and i was just looking at this thing i was like i bet something like this is not so far off what a computer is going to look like in 10 years i don't know if you can see what this looks like it's maybe four by four maybe um eighth to a sixteenth of an inch thick, and it fits in your wallet in a way that you mostly wouldn't notice it's basically the size of two or three credit cards, but like to me, I wonder if that's what what the what our idea of computing is going to look like. Well, as you say, even the idea of needing a bezel free like five inch screen is going right. to seem so bananas well, if the screen's being projected into the air with nanoparticles or whatever, like why would you want to have a breakable screen in your pocket? Right? I
1: mean, it seems, it seems ridiculous. There's so many things about our iPhones that are just amazing to me that, that everything I, and way more than I could have ever dreamed of when I was that, you know, 10, 11 year old kid sitting in front of an Apple two thinking about what the future might bring if you had told me it was going to be the iphone one day i would have been like oh my god no way no way i want it now but when you think <laughs> can, of, can i get
0: it with a calculator <laughs> but when right, you, that would be your thought like oh my god can you get a calculator on there yeah like they've uh, yeah, like, calculators on phones for 15 years right. you'd be like, wait a minute right
1: what? but it's it, you know but what it actually is and what it does it's it's still a very cumbersome interface as great as it is and however much better it is it's still clumsy it's still not fully thought out there's still so many little things that aren't done right and it's like yeah we've got to make it better and yeah we've got to improve it but the the further away that i can get from having to uh, manipulate pixels on a screen with my hands the happier i'm going to be Mm -hmm. and whether it's a keyboard and a mouse or a touch screen Like, yeah, there's some really cool, I know a couple of artists that are doing amazing things uh, on, on, you know, with, with uh, their koala pads. And it's, that's an amazing kind of a thing. But sitting there looking at a five inch screen all the time, like that's, that's, we're better than that as a people. We're better than that, you know, and, uh, and we're almost there. I feel like we're almost there.
0: Well, here's, I have a, a very rough mental model for how I think about this as somebody who's trying to get a little bit smarter in thinking about the future trying to be less cleft to what i've expected in the past here's a kind of a two-sided coin that i think is interesting like so just at a very high level um, what kind of what kinds of things um okay like for example like i still am not loving the um, just having lightning for the phone
1: yeah i hate there's, it there's
0: been a couple occasions where i didn't bring my uh, headphone with the adapters. And like, for example, yesterday, we really wanted to listen to something in the car, but I didn't have an adapter. So we couldn't, and it wouldn't let us pair while we're driving, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. But, you know, but I am getting used to it. I I am getting used to that. Would you ever have imagined 10 years ago that, well, let's say even five years ago. So you got your iPhone or your iPod, you know, could you ever imagine sunsetting the headphone jack that's been around for a hundred years? Well, I'll bet you in two years, that's not going to be as big of a deal. Don't at me, but like I really think that we'll have this be a mostly solved problem soon. The joke I made a minute ago: Oh, this, this is a phone. Can I get a calculator? Another question: Somebody might say, "Oh, can I? Is there any way I could receive faxes on there?" Right? If you ask somebody in nineteen ninety. He told somebody in 1990, you know, it's going to be way more than Wall Street. Like you're going to have something <laughs> that's like a like taller than a deck of cards, but thinner, and it's going to have your entire life on it. You'd say, "Oh my God, will I be able to get faxes on it?" You know, it's a faster horse problem. Where you could say to somebody, "Well, that's not really the right question to ask." Technically, the answer to that is yes. But boy, let me pull back the curtain and tell you something really, really crazy you're not going to believe. Everybody hates faxes in 2017. Like nobody likes, there's so many better ways to move that information around. Like no offense, I understand why you're asking that in 1990. It's a good question, but it's not even a relevant question anymore. So high level. What what are the kinds of things, when you think about devices and the, the way these things change, like on the one hand, what is the piece of this that is utterly essential right now that you might be really surprised you're not using much in the future? And maybe conversely, as this thing develops, are there uses for this that you couldn't even envision, right? So, if I said to you, this is, I'm sorry, this is a little bit of a shaggy dog, but if I said to you in (laughs) 1996, there's a device out there that's going to let you sync your contacts, what's your first question? Well, will it work with my serial adapter and and my palm cradle? Right. You go, okay, well, crazy thing, like, you know, you're the serial adapters not even going to really exist except for John Gruber. Like nobody's going to use that anymore because guess what? We don't need a wire for that anymore. And you go, that, that does not make any sense. I have never had any success with trying to do things with Internet. Like how will how will I get know that my contacts have worked if I haven't gotten my wire connection that I'm used to? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, a little bit of a straw man. But like, think about that. So those are those are straw man examples, faxes, uh, serial cables. But then look at this, like, is there any chance that the keyboard is going to be something we just find ourselves using less and less? I'm not saying it's going away, relax, but like, what if one test of success, and this does key in a little bit with my experiments with trying to use just voice, but like, it's just interesting to think, like, what, what happened, what is, will there be a day when a keyboard becomes the truck and your voice is the car, Right. that there is a surpassing amount of functionality that is getting broader, wider, deeper, smarter to where you don't need the keyboard as much. How often now, you and me, how often when you're typing a text, do you just hit the little microphone button and start talk- talking? Every time. <clears throat> All the time. So I'm not saying that's going away, but that's when you think about the future stuff, that's one way to look at this. Is like, identify the pieces of this that seem utterly essential right now and ask yourself, how many of those am I going to use a lot more? How many am I going to use a lot less? Just make a little bet with yourself and see how it goes. But then also... Let's take a counter example, the stylus, where like the only way to interact with a lot of screens for a long time was to use a stylus. And then suddenly, you know, it's like uh, there was no stylus. <laughs> and now there's the Apple Pencil with an app like, you know, <clears throat> Craig Hockenberry's that Linea app where you use paper or you use GoodNotes. I was just looking at GoodNotes. I forgot GoodNotes. You write in GoodNotes and you can do searchable text. Like who would have imagined that madness? Yeah. Like in a graphical seeming app. So anyway, I'm just tossing out this big tip paradigm. When you think about a device right now in situ, ask yourself, what are the pieces about this that seem essential that are might become increasingly less important? Watch that trend. And this is why I say watch voice. Really watch voice. If you're not watching voice, you're not watching the future. Seriously. But then also think about like, what is the thing that this might do where I've just been asking the wrong question? What if I don't actually want a better fax machine? What if I want something that replaces the fax machine by like an order of magnitude? And that's that's to me the way to think about the future. Does this look a ton more like 1988 or a ton more like 2023? Mm. And that's how you get smart about stuff. Nice. Mm, making myself hoarse with all the talking. Did you have uh, one more thing uh, you like that you I, want to tell me about? I
1: do have one more thing to tell you about, and uh, that is that thing is Fresh Books.
0: Fresh Books. I have an anecdote about Fresh Books. Well, I would love to hear it. I uh, recently changed my, oh, you got this information. I changed my uh, account changed my uh, credit card number. And I got my, my ding ding today that said, hey, we tried to do your card. Because I do that thing where I wait to get a notice before I go update it. And I happily, ha- happily mm. went into FreshBooks and updated my information because it's some of the best money I spend each month.
1: You know, it is. And I I hate, in general, I hate having to go through that whole invoicing process. And whenever I get an invoice from somebody who's not using fresh books, I'm just a little part of, of my soul dies because mm. it, they make it so easy to do invoicing as an invoicer, but also to receive invoicing as an invoice a in the sense that when, <laughs> so when you, if you were to invoice me, let's say you're doing some work and you're going to invoice me I, when I receive that and I click the link because I'm already a FreshBooks user, when I'm there in FreshBooks, it'll say, oh, Merlin's using FreshBooks. You're using FreshBooks. Do you want me to just link this together? And then I can show his invoices right here on your screen. Like it, it does all of this stuff. It's so smart. Everything has been, now recently they went in and they retooled, uh, pretty much everything. It's, it's like a brand new app. And they did that based on the way that we as our as customers of FreshBooks were using the app. They went in and they started to watch. I mean, they weren't spying, but they watched what pages people were using. They saw how people were using FreshBooks and they said, you know what, we're going to take those, we're going to put them right up in the front. We're going to make them bigger and better and make the whole thing easier to use so you've got your your quick invoices so you can create and send professional invoices in under 30 seconds they've got this really cool feature called insight so when you email a, a client your invoice they'll show you whether they've seen it So it puts an end to that guessing game of, did they get the invoice? They've got multi-currency invoicing. They've got amazing support. They have real live people with no attitude who usually answer in three rings or less. Integrated online payments, automated late payment reminders, which for us is that's like a huge thing because everybody's always late in paying. And sometimes I forget to remember if... (laughs) This person was supposed to have paid me already. Well, the automated late payments, it'll automatically send an email to your customer uh, when you tell it to it. The interval that you set could be 15 days late, 30 days late, whatever. It'll automatically send that out. That's just great. I mean, they've thought of everything. Uh, You can go to freshbooks.com back to work. Spelled out like that, uh, that'll support the show. Just going there supports the show. But when you're there and you decide to sign up, enter back to work in the uh, "How did you hear about us?" section, and that will uh, that will get uh, super credit for us. It's amazing how much that really does help because they look at those. They actually have real people who look at that stuff, and that helps please, us. Out please, please go and deal.
0: try this out. Dan got me started on this service, and I never looked back. Um, please, I mean, it does help and it supports the show. I don't mean to sound like I'm, I'm begging here, but this is a product that Dan and I, actually, we can say, we can uh, put on the moose antlers and tell you, <laughs> this, is, this is a product that we both actually do use. And it's, uh, I, I actually can really recommend it. Please go and check it out. It will take so much of the hassle. Now, imagine somebody said to you, hey, digga, 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 I'm here in my Model T, can you, can you fax me the invoice? And you say, I got a faster way. And they say, what? You got like a kid like who's got better muscle tone. You say, no, no, it's even faster than a kid who runs. Like, I'm going to send this to your computer phone. And you say, what's that? You say, ask me again in a few years. That's you. You're living in the future with fresh books. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about time travel. You don't? <sighs> oh, I think I was quoting a movie. Um, Boy, this is a very bold, very brave episode, Dan. We got a lot of strong points of view in this one. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. This tile's kind of cool. Anyway, it'll be kind of a crazy experiment. The tile is very young; it's a little bit of a blunt instrument. But I kind of want to lose something. I may do this just as an experiment. I kind of want to lose something just to see if their little network thing works, because supposedly the deal, supposedly the deal is that it can utilize other tiles to locate it somewhere. I mean, I, I, ideally, this would have something. Like I don't know, a Wi-Fi tower recognition, something like that. Something is, you know, simple as that. But this just uses Bluetooth, I think. But it's very interesting. And no way am I going to put this on the back of my iPad. I'm not a monster. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Do you ever lose things, Dan? I'm trying to make it so I don't have
1: anything to lose.
0: Mm. That's just like Marie
1: I'm... Condominium says. I'm going to. I'm doing the minimalist uh, thing. Yeah. Big time.
0: No, I, I know, I know, I know.
1: Trying it, to get it, it more, more every, more every week. I, t- I've, and uh, I, I tweeted eBay is the new Goodwill and okay. many people emailed me or tweeted me back to say, technically that's, uh, so, yeah, that, that's actually not true because Goodwill is a nonprofit organization by default, you, you know, and I said, no, no I meant like the place you put
0: stuff that you don't need anymore. Goodwill is kind of like the world's nicest pyramid scheme. <laughs> and it's really, it's actually super <laughs> cool because they use your donations to train people to work at a goodwill to get skills to work in other places, is I believe how it works. Okay, cool. Isn't that kind of fascinating? I didn't know that. It's like an uruburos.
1: Eating eating its own tail, eating
0: one's Eating own its tail. own good. It's, it's a snake eating its own goodwill. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's button this up. I love
1: you. I love you too, Merlin.
0: Man.